you're going to be hitting some forehand ground strokes. You're going to be hitting some backhand ground strokes. You're going to have to hit some volleys. You got a little country twang in there. You're going to be hitting some strokes. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be hitting yeah, some yeah. forehands. You're going to be hitting some backhands. Some backhands. Yeah. I felt like you had a straw hat and a little thing. You're going to be hitting some forehands here. You're going to be hitting some backhands. Don't need another no yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Shankcast episode number nine. Today we're going to be talking about the Bennis. The Bennist. The Bennist. The okay. Bestest. 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 Tennis racket ever. We're going to talk about what rackets we're using now, our favorite racket of all time, and we're also going to dive into some prescriptive information about maybe what you should be starting with, when you should think about switching rackets. We'll get into some practical advice from the coaches here. First of all, though, we have a special guest with us, Joel. Hi. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, Joel. Why, why, are, you, why are you here, and what is your tennis background? <laughs> Can I here? say why absolutely, I'm here? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, for all of you out there, my name is Joel Chasnoff. I'm a professional writer, and I'm teaming up with Ian to write uh, the book tentatively titled There Is No Ball about... Oh, are we talking uh, titles now? Okay. Well, it's tentative, so tentative, it yeah, okay. will likely change. <laughs> Ian wouldn't even tell us the title, so we're glad. <laughs> um, but that's yeah, and that's why I'm here to go over the game plan for writing this book and uh, to join you today, which I'm yeah. happy to do. So we're super excited to have Joel on. He and I have been working together for a couple of years now. So, and this is, today is actually the first time we've ever met. The internet kind of age. We turned out a Brooke proposal without ever having met. In I felt like sitting there at the coffee shop. I was like, you know what? I'm too old to have ever done internet dating, but this must be what it feels like. Were you nervous? I'm, like, I'm you sitting there like watching the door like, wait, wait when's he going to walk in? <laughs> <laughs> Would you have run nice. if I had looked differently? Would you have just... For sure. For gone sure. Out the back door. <laughs> I am not writing a totally. book with this guy. <laughs> so we're excited to have Joel on the panel today. He's going to be jumping in with us to talk about rackets. Maybe we'll, we'll kind of dive into strings a little bit as well, equipment in general. And we'll be um, talking about, as I said, our favorite rackets of all time, what we recommend for players. Really quickly, before we dive right into it, this is the last chance. It's only until September 31st, 30th. right? 30th? <laughs> I forget every, every time. time. <laughs> September 30th is the last day that you can leave a rating, a review, send us a screenshot, and get a free course of your choice from Essential Tennis. We've been running that all through September just to get the Shankcast up and running. On it's a great, iTunes. It's a or, great offer. Right? It's valuable, yeah. right? I mean, it's very And it's generous. on iTunes yep. or your iPhone yep. podcast. Yeah, that's where we launched it initially. By the way, I've totally forgotten about this. It's now on Spotify. It's now on Stitcher. Uh, basically, wherever you download po- uh, Google Play, wherever you download your podcast, you can now find the Shankcast. But if you want a free course, you have to review on Apple Podcasts because that's the way the media world works. So get your screenshot in by September 30th. All right, let's dive right into it. And we'll go, let's go around uh, this way. Or I can start if you guys want. All right, go ahead. Go okay, for it, I'll start. Westerman. So let's answer both questions. Uh, we'll go around in this direction. Favorite racket ever and what racket do you use now? I grew up uh, playing mostly with Wilson. And when I went into uh, high school and kind of transitioning towards college, Wilson was just kicking off their big string of uh, Pro Staff 6-1 frames. There was the... Um, the hypercarbon, there was the K factor, I think it was. Oh, yeah, K factor. Uh, yeah, there's, there was like a string of like three or four of them in a row. And I went through that entire series starting from like late high school through college. And so I'd have to go back, like, probably my earliest memory of that series was the, the hypercarbon uh, 6 1 Pro Staff. I'd have to say it's probably my favorite 
racket of all time, just because nice. of the memories, I would mm-hmm. say. But I went through that whole series of rackets, and now it's discontinued, which is... Pro staffs are notoriously heavy, right? Yeah, they were all in, the, like, close to 11-ish, the 6-1 was. Uh, and they had a couple different... Of girth varieties sorry, of it. 11-ish means what? Uh, ounces, sorry. Around 11 ounces. Okay. Yeah, thank you. It's good mm, to have Joel. Yeah, it yeah. is. <laughs> just I assume. think usually in terms of grams. So what would you have any idea what to be? Yeah, that's like around 305 or 310, I think. Okay. I, I could do a conversion real quick. But around 300-ish uh, grams is is where that frame usually hung out. And that's my, my sweet spot. Like I, I just I think it's more than that. Is it? I'll, Dude, I'll, yeah, when yeah, I stop talking, I'll yeah. get, I can't do two things at once. I would think once. so only because I play with a 305-gram racket. Yeah. And nice. gotta know. it feels like a very He's light. He's checking. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. 11 ounces is 311 oh, uh, okay. grams. Um, unstrung. So, correct. Unstrung. Correct. Yeah. correct. Yeah, unstrung. So yeah, right in that ballpark is my, is my sweet spot. There has to be more weight in the handle than the head for me. Non-negotiable. And it also has to be on the stiffer end of the spectrum. I hate flexible rackets. just feels like mush to me. And that's the case for me across all sports. Um, Ping pong, I hate the squishy paddles. Golf, I hate flexy shafts. Like, I, I want to feel, when I miss hit a ball, I want to feel it reverberate feel through like my entire body. <laughs> I want to I feel it in my elbow for the next week when I miss hit a ball. Nice. Uh, so yeah, that whole series I loved. And they discontinued it a couple years ago. I'm currently hitting the, um, the Burn FST 95 square inch uh, Wilson which is also discontinued because mm-hmm. Wilson doesn't really make a five and three eighths. Four and five eighths. Four and five eighths. Sorry. Sorry. I switched my. <laughs> Wait, they don't make a four and three eighths? Five eighths. Five eighths. Four and five eighths. They only have like one. I think it's the Federer uh, racket right now, which I'm not a super fan of. So that's my, you ra- that's my story. Things you mentioned mm-hmm. have raised. A bunch of questions for me, so I want to I want to let everyone finish and go around. Yeah, but please, please. There are definitely things I want to ask you about. Yeah. you said perfect. Yeah, we're we're gonna dive deep into gear in general, so definitely keep that in mind, Joel. And let's go over to Mr. Garlinson. Mm, well, since you like made it a whole story where you went back to high school, I'll start there too. Back in yeah, the day, it's literally it's just gonna forward. list and yeah, move on. So. <laughs> um, high school, I used to love the. I used to. Uh, I started off with a Dunlop racket. But then I graduated to head rackets. I really enjoyed head rackets. I think the grip is also a little bit different, the European-style grip where it's longer on the top. I had a couple of Agassiz Meaning radical... Meaning the side uh, bevels are Side a bevels wider. are a little uh, wider. Yeah. yeah. I had a couple uh, Agassiz 260s, the yellow and black one back mm. in the day. Yeah. yeah. When I was sporting the shorts and the, the bandanas. Um, but they're then. That's really that why now. I married I'm sorry? My friend just bought that uh, online. They're re- the 25th anniversary edition. I, I, I might have, have to, to go back. With the rubber band. It comes with the rubber band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's classic. That's, I like that. And then college, though, I um, graduated kind of going up to the prestige. So you had like. I was going to ask you, because I knew you were a prestige guy. I was going to ask you to use that in high school. That would be pretty Um, hardcore. So you had like the 260s, and it's like flexible to stiffness. I'm trying to remember. Prestiges, I think, are more flexible, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I think they're more yeah. flexible. Um, so it's a beast of a racket, though. Oh yeah. Uh, well, so well, you had the the, the, like... the the real man's like prestige, <laughs> which was like the red 
85 square inch. Yeah, it was like, like 12 I mean, ounces. And that was like the flat uh, bumper guards. Yeah, yeah. flat bumper yeah. guards. I didn't have one of those. I didn't have one. I had the next to the gray that, like, ones that were literally a, little, chest a little bit stomach bigger. And everything like, when I, had I a bad saw ball. one guy, and no joke, in college when we played, and he played for the school, and he's just absolutely a beast of a guy holding this twig of a red <laughs> prestige. I was like, yeah, that guy. You're like, he's going to hurt yeah, me. Yeah, so like I got the, I think it was the gray when they had the, it might have been hypercarb, some car, uh, deal. Mm-hmm. Um, the gray and uh, black ones, uh, 90, like seven inches. The, um, the thing though in college, I weighted all my rackets with a ton of lead tape. So probably my Where rackets. Where did you put the lead? I put um, on the grip. Everywhere. Every bevel. <laughs> no joke. Every bevel <laughs> had a, a strip down it. And then I had a strip going around the bevel. Then I had a strip in the throat. Did and you know I, the total weight of that it racket? It was like like 14, 13, 14. And I had a strip wow. on the, um, the, like you the thought I, I was not exaggerating when I said no, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used everywhere. to write when I early, Is this the, uh, the gray, uh, the gray prestige you're talking about on the right. Uh, no, no well, you got to go back a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it was a really heavy, heavy racket, which I enjoyed playing with. I think, uh, um, what, what are you, you hitting with now? now? The Wilson, uh, I have two rackets of choice kind of right now, the Wilson Ultra and the Wilson, I guess it's the last Fed six point. It's not the federal one. It's the 6.1 equivalent of that, but lighter. It's like the 10.5 ounce one. And you have the smaller uh, Ultra. Yeah, I have the 97 and the 98 um, rackets. With um, grip size, like a four and three eighths. Yeah. Yeah. Four and three eights. Sometimes Looking I think the other ones were a little smaller. I, yeah. did, I did a Google image search for head prestige gray, gray. old. And this is. Oh, there's yeah. A, there's a, a, a picture woman of a woman. Checking her, her head <laughs> for gray, her gray hair. Gray hairs. Well, that's not, that's <laughs> definitely be, not it. She's got quite a grip size, it. too. That was uh, what yeah. it was. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Megan. Um, so when I was younger, I hit with a Prince Synergy Ooh. 28. Classic. And then I switched to the Prince Synergy 26 after that. What does that refer to? The 28, 26? Is that- um, uh, I think I, it was just the model I number. I think it was. There, was no <laughs> green. Uh, there wasn't any difference, I don't think, very much. There was, but I don't remember. Is that, a, is that the 28? Synergy, yeah. Is that the train? Was it the gray one or Sorry, the podcast uh, bluish? It says 26. Greenish one. Okay, no, it was a lighter gray. The 26 okay, yeah. was a lighter gray. Um, oversized. I hit with the oversized one. That was when we had like mid-sized and oversized rackets. That was you all know? the rage. Yeah. yeah, it's like the bigger the better. Yeah, yeah. So mine was a hundred. I think oversized was a hundred, which oh, is what everything is that now. Sounds super huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, and. Then I really loved one of my students when I was probably about, mm, I don't know, 20, 20 something, maybe 20 years old, hit with a, uh, like what the are you looking at? Chip in the, yeah. in the throat. It's supposed to be some, uh, this is, the, oh, yeah, can I show him a picture of his yeah. head, right? Yeah. There's one with the microchip, like in the throat, right? What did no, they call they that? Really, they had a line that did have a microchip in it, but this one. It didn't. wasn't that one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then uh, I had a student who hit with the white Yonix. I don't even remember what it was called. You'd have to look it up. But that was, I loved that racket probably more than any other racket I've ever hit with in my life. I never had it. But you didn't, but play, you didn't play with it, though? Mm-mm, Sounds I didn't. like a fairy tale Because we were sponsored by Wilson at the time, and so it was 
that was what it is. But I loved that white Yonix. Um, and then now I hit with a Blade 104 Wilson. And it's Sweet. fine. <laughs> it's fine. That's big, right? 104? <laughs> it's 104. It's not as big as I thought it would be when I hit with it. I wouldn't it. have guessed it was 104. Yeah, it's, it doesn't feel hmm. any bigger. Don't they make a bigger than, one, though? Yeah, they make a 108, which seems huge. It is it is a 108 huge. or is it a 110? Oh, they make a 110, I think, Yeah, too, it's right? like a snowshoe. Um, yeah, but the 104 is the same one, supposedly, you know, Serena hits with. Um, right. You know, in yeah. quotes, I say. Um, but it's, uh, it's an okay racket. I mean, it's, I can, I hit the ball really flat and it, I can slap it pretty decent with it. So it's fine. Joel. Yeah. It's a great question because when I was in high school and I hit with my uncle, I hit with my favorite racket, which was a snowwort. Snowwort. And now maybe you could look that up. I don't know, but it was, I would guess it's S N A U R R. E.T. or there's no W in there. It's a snort tennis. Snor- I don't I'm have, any, sure which don't have anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> Google. In any case, it. <laughs> it was just uh, something when the ball hit the racket, it just felt like it was absorbed perfectly and sent it back perfectly. And, uh, and uh, I loved hitting with it. Um, now I play with a vocal, which almost mm. nobody plays with, but uh, cool. the vocal. They make good rackets. V1 I remember hitting with them back in the day. Oh, yeah. Um, I think there's only two players on tour who play with it. Yeah. But uh, I'm very, very happy with it. And, but one question I, you know, just listening to you guys, I would have assumed that you would put lead tape on the head so that it would be more like a hammer. But you're both saying you liked a heavier handle than a head. So why, why would that be? For me at the time, I probably my game style in college is probably – it's different now. I wouldn't do the same. <laughs> but same what advantage type. did it give you? Um, the lead tape, the more weight. It's just thinking about a, a baseball bat. Right. The more weight absorbs the ball. So basically, it didn't matter where I hit the ball in the strings. The thing felt like a rock going through the ball. There was no wobbling, nothing like that. Um, my racket, I didn't prefer it to be super head or handle, per se, heavy. It was more so on the side of even. Mm-hmm. So that's why I had a lot on the grip, but I still had a lot uh, in between the throat and the head to kind of add more heft. But Did you do that with the Prestige too? No, that was the Prestige. Because the Prestige is already handle yeah. heavy, right? Yeah, so you no. put enough in the head. I, to- would, I put a buttload of lead tape <laughs> on the Prestige. It was like basically. It was it literally, I hit like three balls with it and it hurt my arms yeah. so bad like it was ridiculous yeah it's it was so super heavy. heavy i mean you if you weren't used to it you'd swing it and like your arm talking about lag of your arm i mean yeah. my arm didn't actually come through <laughs> like i like, maneuver it around it's so um, yeah it was basically the heaviest i could get the racket and still manage it um just to deal with any person's ball that was heavy now i actually prefer probably a, a much lighter racket just because uh, I lived in Spain for a while, so my game did probably change more. I, I adopted a lot more topspin and aggressive swinging at the ball that you probably can get away with with a 14-ounce racket. But when you get more topspin, maybe I'm completely wrong, but if you had lead tape at the very tip of the racket, so it's more like more of that whip, more of that acceleration naturally because of the weight? I think there's some uh, correlation to that, but I think that also it's like you have to be able to swing the racket. So, I right. mean, the racket's okay. not going to do the work on its own. Um, but the other side of it, for me, you can speak to it. I don't like the feel of uh, coming in the net with a head heavier racket. Okay. It feels very like it's harder to maneuver. Right. In college, played singles and doubles. 
Um, uh, even when I played singles, I still want to come to net a little bit, but the, the feeling of having that racket be just like lugging around that hammer per se mm-hmm. and trying to maneuver at the net is it's just not comfortable to me. Mine yeah. have always been head heavy. Right. But I like to hit forehands. <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's it <laughs> if you play megan you will get a forehand <laughs> and i hated the net so that's probably um yeah mine were always like my lead tape was always in the head oh. and directly mm. in the top of the head oh and you always played with rackets that already had more weight in the head yeah nice yeah it's the total opposite for mm-hmm. me what, what's your reasoning? Same as Kevin? Um, I, yeah, I think there's two main reasons for the lead. It's either like overall weight, so there's more mass, you know, kind of behind the, the swing. Uh, racket geeks like to call that plow through. Like the racket does more of the work on its own once you get it moving. That's the thing. Like you ha- <laughs> if you can lift it. Exactly. Like you've got to get it moving. But once it's moving, like it does a lot of work on its own, just kind of letting it swing. And then the other part of it that Kevin talked about is the stability. That's why people would generally put uh, led around the the head is so that any off center hit is a little more stable, or if you just prefer you know more head, more weight in the head in general, you can you can balance it more in that direction. So for someone who would like for the first time experiment with lead tape, where would you recommend and how much would you recommend? I mean, it's a little out of my lane now, but I I think it's it depends on your playing style. Mm. If you're a baseline grinder, then probably more in the head, uh, like Megan's talking about. If you're like a serve and volley player, then then more in the handle is what I would start with. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I agree. I would say, Or though, if you want to play it safe, you could find the balance point and just, just kind of stick right. If you don't want to mess with the balance of the racket, right. you could just put it right where the balance point is or put equal parts. Can it be removed if you don't like yeah. it? Oh, yeah. I would, okay. I would yeah. experiment for, for a couple just of weeks on, on different, like putting it at the top where Megan's talking about, putting it at the top corners mm-hmm. and then I settled on putting on the sides. It's I think a lot tip. of people in the beginning Thanks, can get away with putting a little bit on each side to help with the stabilization of off-center right. hits. But then when you start playing around with um, like weight and like uh, an idea of like if you do like the racket but you just want to add weight without changing the balance, a throat's a good place to put it. Because um, changing want, the balance can completely yeah, change the, the, racket. Feel, yeah. the whole yeah. feel of the racket completely. Luckily, when Hence we... the we, pros yeah. hit with specific rackets that aren't actually those specific rackets. Yeah, it's interesting because we had an actual machine that, I mean, would tell me mm-hmm. uh, when I used RDC, to do my I think. Rackets, RDC machine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think yeah it, it would called. tell me the balance, the weight and everything. Stiffness. And, and stiffness. And I could go through it and get three brand new rackets from whatever company and they'd all be a little different. And so my like, calibration... Not a little bit. It like just depends. Significantly just depends. different. Yeah. But for maybe just heads just that much better of a company. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I would have to adjust each racket to first be even mm-hmm. and then adjust it to my preference of head weight and, and get it to be uh, the way I liked it. So it was always kind of like each racket could be slightly different you can't just like get three rackets and slap the exact same pattern because right. if it's off and you do that, they're all going to be off by that much. So it's, it's an ardent science of trial and error and also having the right equipment to There's do it. There's a RDC machine from Bevelat. It's got like multiple stations where you plug your racket in and it does like swing weight and it flexes it. And Does that string it as well? Or that's no. No. no, it's just for diagnostics. Yeah, and like they have measuring. table ones. We had a table one. Yeah. yeah. Like one you just set up on the table. That, it's pretty cool. I think yeah. Well, it was back in the day when Wilson was doing the push for, uh, or no, Ours Prince, Prince. Sorry, Prince was doing the push for um, customized rackets. Mm. So they made every person had customized rackets. Oh. 
So I actually like that racket because yeah, it was, it was a one-handed racket. They had all these rackets. In yeah, they made a racket for a one-handed backhand. What would that be? Um, I think the the balance Another is twenty dollars versus head heavy or um, handle heavy. I like the racket where it's sort of even. I feel like if it gets really head heavy, especially with a one-hander for me, right. I feel it like it's a little. I feel like it's late. Okay. Uh, when it's even, I feel pretty comfortable on both sides. And I think that's another thing is like you get a racket and it feels more comfortable on one side and it might not feel comfortable at some other station. Like you feel comfortable on baseline, but it doesn't feel comfortable in that or it feels comfortable on your serve, but it doesn't feel comfortable. And mm-hmm. so you have to find this balancing ground of where it feels comfortable for everything. Mm-hmm. Can I ask one more question? Yeah, yeah ask away. At what point though, is it not that the racket is good at the net, but not great from the baseline, but you're not good at the net, but you're good at the baseline. You know, That's like and this question. is more players at like my level. 99.9%. <laughs> because we tend to blame the racket, but maybe our technique is off. So like at what point does it really I'm matter? I'm not exaggerating. To me, I, I honestly believe like you can play with any racket. Kevin, for instance, like Kevin broke his strings when Ian and him, he were playing outside like back, I don't know, a year last ago summer. or so, last summer. Yeah, and right. he yeah. took Lucy's racket, who is 10 My years old, and daughter, it was a yeah. Walmart $25. Dora the Explorer. Yeah, it was Dora the Explorer, pink, pink bright per- pink racket. And he was like, this feels really good. Like he was like <laughs> making more balls than he was ball, his yeah. racket. And so, I mean, there's a point to where, now granted, he actually was probably focusing more on what he was doing, right. playing with a racket that's, you know, he's like, I got to really focus and make sure that I'm doing stuff correct, you know, and that kind of stuff too. But I am like a true believer and you can really hit with any racket. Like I never, traveling with all of our high performance kids for years and years and years, not one time did I ever take a racket with me. I always used whatever racket they were using. Hmm. And I was like, I can just adjust and hit and make enough balls with whatever racket they had at the time. Um, and so I don't think, I mean, I do think at a certain level, you try to find a racket that fits your game. You like, you know, you find something that, you know, obviously if you're just beginning, you don't want to hit with a 12 ounce racket or an eight ounce racket, you know, like you find somewhere in the middle. So there's some outliers, but 99% of the time it needs, it comes from the user. And it'll show up regardless opinion. of what racket you use. I think that's the other difference, too. It's like if your forehand, if your volleys were bad with your <laughs> with one racket, it's generally bad with the other racket. They're not going to magically change. Yeah, it's not going to magically change. So it's like, yeah, you can, like Megan's talking about, I would optimize my rackets to my strengths and how I like to play and have that feeling of comfort. But the same mistakes I was making with whatever other racket – still show up with the new racket, mm-hmm. right. but it's still optimized to feel comfortable to me. But Those you, mistakes yeah. feel better. Yeah, it's a much more comfortable <laughs> area. Yeah. You feel that better making the great. mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think optimized is the, is the perfect word for it. And, and I, agree, I agree with Megan that it's, it's over 90% user error and not you know, equipment. There's a famous story of Andy Roddick. Uh, he was getting broken down by a journalist back when he was playing professionally and Roddick challenged this guy to a match with a frying pan and beat him. Oh yeah. And he was apparently the journalist was like a four Oh or like four or five player and Roddick ended up beating him in a set with a frying pan. So, you know, extreme. He must have been really mad at that journalist to <laughs> invest that time. And hey. you, you know, Andy, I mean, he kind of yeah. gets a chip on his shoulder and that's, that's all there is. Yeah. Yeah. 
But that's a good story if it's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I did the same thing with a personal trainer I was working with for a while. We got into kind of a debate back and forth while he was working me out about how much of a handicap would be required for it to be a level match. And I did the frying pan thing and I won $20. Thank you, Steve. Uh, <laughs> Steve's like, Bruh, in the background. So yeah, it's definitely mostly user, but that's not, I tend to lean heavy in that direction because I, I want people to understand the importance of habit and, and training and, and good, you know, mechanics and that sort of thing. But there is validity, you know, it no. is important yeah. that you have a racket that is, um, well suited for the strengths and the weaknesses that you happen to bring to the table. Well, and truthfully, rackets these days, in my opinion, as long as you're somewhere in the middle, you can find like as long as you're not hitting with an eight ounce or a twelve ounce. Like there's yeah, so many I around totally the agree. ten ounce, you know that most of the rackets are in that. If you're in the ballpark, you're gonna yeah, be exactly. Okay. You're gonna be okay. Like you're not gonna be, you know, hanging out hitting. Curtains. So how do you choose one without? feeling completely overwhelmed from walking into a store or online and there's literally hundreds. <clears throat> Can I say one thing? Yeah, go ahead. One thing that drives me up a wall and has for years and years and <laughs> yes. years and years is when you walk into a store, not a club or anything, but a store and the guy a, a tennis shop a tennis or shop. A, so tennis specific. Tennis shop. She's or, had experience. Yes, with this, this, this one drives me a, nuts. A you walk pino. into a tennis st- a shop, and the guy goes, "This is the racket for you, Joel. Like you need this racket because blah 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 blah." They have never once seen you hit a tennis ball. Not even I am a firm believer that not even your tennis coach can say like this is the racket for you. No yeah. one but you can say what the racket. I'm sorry, this is my like big. This, this is, is probably the, the only time Get on him, the pa- I know on Get the him. podcast that I'm like. <laughs> let her work. But we let had a guy who used to do that all the time, and he uh, would pro? give a uh, teaching pro. No. no, or like a desk store worker. Guy. Yes, a store a guy. Shop, owned like a pro no, shop. No, owned no. a tennis Separate shop. Separate pro shop. Oh, okay, okay. So you, do you think he thought he knew, or do you think he was trying he to make a sale? Nope. Well, I think he thought he knew and was trying to make a sale um, because he would. So also he believed say in the, the latest, same, greatest, like technology. A hundred percent, and would always. And, and the rackets that he would suggest were way crazy extreme sometimes for people who... Was he a teaching pro also? Like, did no. he know? So he didn't really know tennis. He, he played tennis. tennis he was like a 4-0 tennis Are player that owned the tennis. <laughs> yeah. Only if you live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But everybody knows, like, that was my... And he hated me because he knew that I used to be like, don't go there. Like, don't buy stuff. I mean, um, there's only, like, two or three pro shops in Yeah, Tulsa, I know. Oklahoma. There really is. Thanks. We can end it there. Don't, One on don't Main Street. under the bus. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. So, and, and I'm, I would never, ever tell anyone like this is the racket you should play with even if they asked me i would say i will give you three or four and you go out and you can choose and would they be would they have different characteristics or would they all be in the kind of the same they would all be in the same characteristics in the sense once they've already give them a head heavy and a handle heavy and and a evenly balanced they'd all kind of be in the same once they kind of knew like if they were like i kind of like this racket but i want to try something new which was 90 percent of all going based on what they what they were playing with before unless it was an tennis experience at all then i would give them like one on each end and one in the middle and say what do you think and then give them another three or four 
once they picked like extremes, mm-hmm. you know, something, yeah. then I would give them another three or four around there. And yeah. I'm a huge believer in you need to hit for a full week with each racket because you could have a great day or a great couple you days. You always have a great day with like, racket. This any racket. is an amazing, <laughs> amazing racket. And then people buy like, oh, I need three, three of, of these. Yeah. 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 And they spend 600 bucks and then they go like the next week they're like, <clears throat> Well, this racket's horrible because. But, but that means it's like a two month process. It could be yep, to choose. For sure. But I mean, you got to you think about it. Yeah, you're going to invest like and play with this racket. Something that you're going right, to play right. with but for two, three years. Like, it's. Well, like six, eight hundred bucks. Right. No. You sh- I feel like you should put forth the. Like, I don't feel like people could be like, oh, yeah, that this pro told me that I will be great with this yeah. racket. And I go out and I hit and I have tennis elbow and I have all kinds of other issues because. It was an extreme racket. And I think so, for most yeah. beginners, when they start off and you, when you really start playing tennis and you get a racket, it's usually around 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're just going out and like, oh, I'll get for another one. racket for one. Yeah. yeah. And then you, you, know, you start getting more serious. You need two rackets. So yeah, it's definitely investment. I just say it's like underwear. I mean, either like boxers or briefs. I've and never worn $200 underwear, but I, I haven't. But I, I imagine if I did. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> All the, everybody here is like, hmm, that's not a bad idea. In the sense that, you, you know, you're going to break after out the after lead week tape. Of wearing no, them? no, no, listen, listen. It's a preference. The <laughs> whole idea of having preference. If you're like a boxer guy or a brief guy or you're maybe a, Bikini a boxer brief. brief. You never you could be a bikini guy. So you have to try it all out before you know what fits. <laughs> I know what underwear is good for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Right. As soon yeah. as you I mean, walk in. Put them I on. mean, yeah. Can you imagine walking into a store and it's like, you're a boxer. But actually, <laughs> women's stores do that all the time. Like lingerie stores. And, like you go in and they're like, this yeah, bra. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, is, so this doesn't having, really work to translate for women. This. No, it, it might doesn't. be like a bra thing. But no, women are they're like but this I mean, like, is okay. When you though. go in, is it do a lady? Does a lady <laughs> go like you. you are exactly? They fit you. They don't go like oh. They go like what do you want? Like no, no, what? No, no. Time but out, they, time like, out. Take just, your just humor me here. No, I exactly. Can't. They take your measurement. Why? How do they take your measurement? <laughs> yeah, they try but, different things. Well, and I then, can take your hey, wrist measurement. Hey, look, I'm not going to be able to tell you what well, tennis racket you use. Time out. Time out. Because I know how this process works. I know how this process works. Okay, great. Bras. Oh yeah. Don't don't go in there. But anyway. Don't but, ask. But, <laughs> but I mean, there was a moment, a, a time where you have to go in, you have to figure out, it feels comfortable. You know, you 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 go back Are you and still forth. Still talking a about bit. bras. Yeah, and rackets at the same and, time. Okay, and so underwear. Just make sure. this, this, is a, this is a great shop that we're going to open. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> tennis rackets, sensual bras, tennis, sensual <laughs> tennis. <laughs> Finally, we found the crossover segment. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, okay. Anyways, that so yeah, I think it's just it is a, is a personal preference. It takes some trial and error, mm-hmm. and everybody's different. I mean, I've had people where like, oh, this racket feels great, and I, I hit with it. I'm like, oh god, this feels awful. Like, kind of like you guys were saying before. Um, uh, pro at our club used to love rackets that were like insanely flexible, like super gooey. Like the ball just bends. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. I like it to be flexible, but not like I like to be flexible, but then I string it super tight, so it's like the best of both worlds. So, yeah. So my point being is that it does, I do think it's a process yeah. and I do think that it takes time. I think there's too many people that are like, I hit once with this racket and it's amazing and now I'm going to buy five of them. Yeah. I, I think I, it's I, usually a weekend choice. You right. go in on a Friday, yeah. demo to a Monday and you're done. I've right. made that and mistake though. Yeah. And, and then pe- so many people end up hating the rackets and that's yeah. why they switch less than a year later. Yeah. I used to work at a racket shop right. and I would like try something new and go out and hit with like, this is amazing. Right. Cause you always hit two, amazing. Two, two weeks time. later I'm going, this feels awesome. Awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
Yeah. But I think if you give it a week, like I always say, if you give it, you know, at least four to five days of hitting and you hit with it and over a Go period of time. Go play a match time, with it. Well, not even that. Like if you just like hit, you know, four or five days, like you're going to have a bad day. Everybody's going to have one not as good day in a week hitting mm -hmm. where if you go out and hit for two days, you might have two unbelievable days of hitting and you don't want your racket based upon. Go play a match with it. How great you are hitting. But I think, you could well, be I playing think, great here's the in thing, a match. Though, I think you play a couple matches because I think for me, the, the, the place where it shows up the most, if you really like a racket is when you're in a clutch situation pressure's and pressure's on yeah. and then the ball flies and hits the tarp and you're like, what just happened? You really want to invest a potential, a potential elbow into the, uh, the fitting process. Oh yeah. Like we're already yeah. investing a week of time and the money for the demos because, okay, and all that. So here's why I want to put a, a match on the line too. Yeah. I, I think you do because I think, and you, here's it's the a thing. practice match. No, you practice a real, cause you keep your, your normal racket with you and you switch if it's that bad. But I mean, here's the thing. If, in a, if you don't do that and you go to a match and a pressure situation starts happening, you're like, what just happened? No. And balls are flying everywhere. And you're like, oh God, I just, I hit with this thing for a while and I thought it was good and the pressure wasn't maybe on. I think matches are a great place and it could be a practice match, but matches where there's pressure on the line, it really, I think for me, tells me where the holes are. And how I it used feels. to yeah. not let the kids go back to their other racket, though. Really? Yeah. It's like, like, that I was, it. like, <laughs> like, you have to hit, you make a decision. You Did have you to let hit them it. take as long as they wanted to yeah. like make yeah. the decision? But yeah. once they decided. Once you cut it off, then you're cut off. You're like, that was fine. Wow. Like, but if you always have like the clutch of like, well, I'm hitting bad today, I'll just hit with my racket, sure. yeah. then you can't ever be like, I really didn't like that racket or I really love to that racket and so I was I was really firm on you at least need to hit with it like people like come for three hours or something to the club and they'd be like two two hits in oh I hate this racket and I'm like yeah no you can't do that like you're gonna hit the whole day with it and then at the end of the day if you truly hate it then we'll move on but like I make I think that's the sign of like should you switch if you're running back to your bag you're like eh, that's probably not the racket for you okay I can see, I can see both ways. I, I think it kids are depends. crazy and don't know what that's going on. Depends too. on how stark of a contrast it is. Because like what you're, what you're saying, like there's going to be some some ups and downs. Yeah. It's not like you're always going to have a good day with your new racket. So, yeah, I don't know. No, yeah. I agree. We but that being said, I've, I've stuck right like in the same lane with my frames for like basically my entire career. So. I know what I like and what I don't like, and so it's pretty. Huh, that's interesting. It's pretty fast. There are very few people that know what they like and what they don't. That's like, what though. makes it hard, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I was going to ask Joel how how do you, how have you because you've been playing for a while. Mm -hmm. Do you have a, a clear picture? Do you think of like balance, weights, head size, etc.? Do you have like a general like ballpark picture, or is it kind of all I, over I the map? I just know that what I play with now, I don't. I'm not so aware of the racket interfering with anything. I have played with rackets where it felt like it vibrated. Uh, there's one brand, which I mentioned to you earlier, and I won't mention now. In particular, whenever I play with Go that it, brand. Do it. Oh, come on. Do it. It'll feel good. It's Babolat. Uh, I just feel like it. <laughs> They're pingy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there are others where, um, I don't know, I just, if it feels good, that, that's really my only question. Can you describe that? Like what, you, like, so you described like the not good feeling of being like vibrating and you know, I don't like, know what, what's what a stiffness good... really means and translates to, but I do know that if I hit the ball and there's a little bit of a sponge feeling, like a little bit of yeah. getting absorbed and a little bit of a sending it back out with a bounce, that's kind of like what, I'm, mm. what I like. But that brings up the whole question of stringing and how much. Oh, that's a big uh, is, that is that really what's more important? <clears throat> 
But I do think going back to before we talk about string, like there are certain brands are certain ways. Like like Babylon yeah. is like There's the pure drive, general, those kind of things are, yeah, yeah. are pingier. And people some people really love that little that ping that bounce back like off of them. And then the you know, I mean they go through yeah, periods, there's so many but different- there's there's certain brands are kind of known for certain things uh-huh. that I think is a a thing as well. Uh-huh. I definitely feel like I've go ahead. Uh-huh. I was just I actually feel like we should save strings for a separate. Uh, oh really? Separate. We're already like forty five minutes. Really yeah. a okay. long, it's a whole. That's a whole another yeah. ball. Of I wax. would say though, I for me, I've personally taken a huge, probably a really uh, big switch from where I used to play. How I used to play the racket, I probably we're not going to get into it, but how I string it. And how I manage my racket now compared to college is like very different. Well, you're a very mean? different player than well, when you were I, in college too. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, and um, you don't hit as often. I think it also depends upon. I think it's just experimenting with kind of like uh, with a lot what what a lot of pros are doing with now. I think mm-hmm. um, I think earlier growing up, the big thing, and I won't go into super detail with strings. With it was like string it tight. And like, like I used to string, yeah, heavy racket, string attack. I used to string like as a junior, my racket at like seventy with like some pro blend and like yeah. And I mean, just, right. can you imagine? Like no, it was literally high school, fourteen high college ounces. with the uh, when I play with the Prestige, I used to string it at sixty three. Now with the Ultra, no lead tape uh, on either one of my Wilson rackets. I probably I string them at uh, fifty two. So a huge drop in like tension, Massive. which is different from. Like the way I prefer the feeling now. Like n- back then, I wanted like a board. I got a racket that was semi flexible, strung it super tight. It was like, uh, like just give me a piece of wood and I'll take it out there. And then now I love the feeling of how the racket does a lot more work. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like feel like I just bend the ball in different places that I don't necessarily have to do as much. Like I used to have to do a lot of work to hit the ball yeah. back then. Now it's like, um, the racket is more so like a, a tell, I've, I just tell the racket what to do with the ball and mm. have that feeling, which is a stark contrast to, I think. How much would you say your racket head speed has changed? Like uh, back, the board days yeah. and, the, and currently? Um, definitely has changed. I think my playing style has changed. So yeah, I ha- hit with a lot more aggressive, more upward racket at speed compared to yeah. back then. It was just like. I'm trying, probably like Megan, I'm trying to take the cover off Every the ball, ball with like a <laughs> I prestige still do that, just at so 67 <laughs> with like a pound of lead tape. Is that the Spanish influence? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that was definitely. No, they're, they're very much more. Oh, yeah. Uh, going to Spain, training on clay, kind of gave me a different perspective. Um, and just the, the dynamic of how your ball feels to another person when it's hit heavy. And at a high level, like it feels like everybody's ball's heavy. Like if you don't have some some girth, some something on your ball, it's like you're just going to be eaten alive. And then the feeling of having someone's ball kind of push you around is the worst feeling ever to be on a court hitting with somebody and you're like, I'm just trying to survive. Yeah. So how long, Ian, would you recommend, and you guys as well, how, holding on to a racket that you like? Is there ever a time when you should say, well, it's a great racket, but it's been eight years, I really should check out what's out there? Or do you hang on for life? Oh. It's a good question. Metal has a certain lifespan in terms of like number of times that it flexes before it starts to kind of lose some of its feel. And that might not be a bad thing. Like if you like the way that a racket is uh, kind of evolving and and changing over time, it's not something you're literally going to feel as it happens. Like it's a very gradual thing. But there is like an actual lifespan to the flexibility and the elasticity of the 
of the materials. Um, whether or not that matters, like for you, I think it's just kind of a personal thing. It's kind of back to, to personal preference. Um, and I don't have any data on like how many reps <laughs> that is or how many years that is, but you will feel a difference going to a, a new frame, even if it's the same one after hundreds of thousands of, uh, of reps, even with the same, but even just technology frame. wise, would it ever be wise to say, well, technology's no. come a long way in 10 years. I should I, check out what's out there. My answer, no? I said, no. Yeah. Oh. Really? I don't think no. so. I think, no, I think yes <clears throat> is the answer. Sorry. Um, what I, significant technology improvement do you think has happened in the last decade? I think with grommets. I think there's gone through some, I think it all depends upon when you bought your racket. Like if you bought prints right. with holes, there's a lot of a difference decade. between. In the last decade, what's changed? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like if you would have bought like the Prince hole rackets, mm -hmm. if you remember those? The rollers. Yeah, and the rollers. <laughs> that was Wilson, yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you were in one of those decades where that's your racket, I'm feeling like that some of the rackets now might be a really good transition. Well, it's, I guess keeping it within yeah, like the middle, like sweet spot of like a, a manufacturer's like lineup, Nothing's like strange. a middle of the road, like ballpark, like a typical racket you would recommend to like a right. experienced no. three, five player. No. Do you think it? Okay. No. All right. No. But I'm saying it's like, a good, if it's a you, good distinction. Yeah. yeah. If you I, have I some think, hokey. Right. Cause I had some people <laughs> come in with, with the some, staggered yeah, string like and the, with the microchip in the, yeah. 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 It's like put the batteries in <laughs> or the big holes in the print. Like there was yeah. a lot I totally, I totally agree with that. My brain immediately goes to, you know, my, my kind racket. of racket, yeah. I guess a player's frame. Do you, it, within a kind of player frame? Right. No. Do you think anything's changed? Okay. No. Yeah. No. It's like, I think they're actually coming back out with the old school Pete Sampras 85. Nice. Um, rebirth. Now I do think that like, if you're not playing, say you went, you were playing like a, like almost yeah. every day and you were just crushing the courts and you play at a decent level and then you go to playing once a week or once a month, like you, and you were hitting with like an 85, you might like a, a little bit more room on the frame. Sure. I think that's another like outlier. Yeah, I agree with that. I did that. Because it's really hard to hit with like yeah. anything that's 90 or even a 95 if you're not playing significant. Uh, I think a 95 is, is too small fine. for me. But I think um, I definitely agree with that because I went through the phase as I was slowly ramping down playing. I would have my playing racket in my basket and a feeding racket. Oh, yeah, for because, sure. Because like, feeding with like a prestige with 15, yeah, 15 pounds. With, yeah, arm will fall off. Um, and then I started just kind of, you know, I just didn't have my player's racket anymore because right. I was like, I don't play enough. None of us And play, I wanted yeah. something that I can, you know, as a pro back then, feed more, volley more and do different things like that. So I didn't want to have like a hugely heavy racket. But if I start playing again, sometimes I prefer it being a little bit heavier. Naive question real quick. Do we have? Where do you, uh, where do you fall on the technology? Do you think anything's Oh, no, changed? I'm with you. I, I think it's been the same forever. <laughs> forever. I mean, the six, I mean, I think about like the, 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 the core rackets. The <laughs> 6.1 for Wilson. Yeah. The Prince Graphite for Prince. Mm. Head still makes a head prestige. I think those rackets of the core elements mm -hmm. of those haven't changed at all, and they've just painted and added new like. Funny and just things FYI, to it. they sell on eBay for like way more than any the other. Old ones? Yes, uh huh. Meaning that people still love them just yeah, as yeah, much. Just as, those classic you know? feels. Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't worry about like wearing out your. Mm. If, if you like, if it. you've developed like as a player to a point where you're kind of ready to graduate to the next uh, level of. Uh, racket in terms of weight or size or balance that would be a good reason to, sh to change but i i think megan's distinction is a good one unless you're playing with a racket that 
that utilize some kind of wonky like technology, I wouldn't change just because rackets are newer. I think a lot of people actually end up changing because they break the frame or crack the frame sure. and then they're not made ever again. And right. so you have to change. Like yeah. you only have one of that one, which, you know, at a certain level, you want two rackets that are the same. And so um, you might have to switch because they don't make it anymore. Right. That's the other yeah. thing that I see. Does bigger head size mean bigger sweet spot? Yes. Yeah. So why would anyone not want a bigger head? Why would anyone not choose a one uh, one ten and instead take the ninety five? Because you also lose a lot of the control factor. For whatever reason, pretty much as far as I'm aware, it's a very smooth uh, correlation between the size of the head and also the weight of the frame and the balance of the frame. In other words, the bigger the head size gets, the less weight there is, and the more the weight is in the head. So um, I'm not aware of any like. 11 ounce rackets that are also like a hundred and <laughs> and have more weight in the handle. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it's pretty much a, a smooth uh, transition from like one towards the other. So I think that's, I, I think that's kind of the biggest okay. reason why if you're a better player, you tend to like heavier and more weight in the handle on average. And those are just all small, smaller, right, right. smaller head size. I also think even if you were to put a ton of lead weight on something that was like 110, oh, yeah, like you you're going to sail the ball more than you would with a smaller sweet Gotta spot. Gotta go 70 pounds. Yeah. So you got, yeah. <laughs> so you got to figure out like there's a, a middle ground, like, but I will say most of the people, you know, most of the rackets now are all a hundred. Like they, mm-hmm. they've stopped making, like there'll be like yeah. one Nobody's exception. Nobody's making the 115. Like. Yeah. Right. But they've also stopped making a lot of like the 95s. There's not yeah. as many there. There's not as many above. 97 yeah. Everything's is a new 95. Like, yeah. yeah. Everything's like around a hundred. And so hmm. they don't have like oversized and midsized like they used to years ago. That kind of thing as much. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird now. I feel like instead of having oversized and midsize, they have the same racket but in different weights. Head, yeah, with yeah, different like, head like, sizes. Like every racket has almost like three different weight categories mm-hmm. of super light, medium, and then like player. No. So MP is that mid plus? Mid plus right. is that yeah. head size or yeah. weight? Um, uh, head size. Like I think of like when I hear MP, MP, I think of like ninety seven, right. maybe to hundred is like an MP. Mm-hmm. Uh, oversize is like anything plus a hundred, and then like mid. It's like 95 and below. Mm-hmm. So there's no small. It's all just mid. Mm-hmm. Small is like, there's rackets. like one category of small. I think there's only like two racks. That I, it's like the Prince original I used to play with as a junior, 90, the Graphite 90, mm-hmm. and the Wilson um, Pete Sampras racket that was 85 square inch. Yeah, and that's that just, cr- I mean, that's just, that's going to hurt. When you flush that racket though. Oh, it's, that's the, 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 the lure of that racket. racket it's though, when too. you 100%. hit the ball like, right with those things. It felt so it's just I couldn't like, hit a forehand with an 85 racket. Like there's just no, I mean, I would hit so one hard. out of 10. It's so hard to hit. Yeah. But when you hit it clean, it's like a I mean, magical Maybe it would feeling. make me a volleyer. Maybe I need to switch to That's an 85. It, That's the whole thing, see? <laughs> and I'll all of a sudden love my volleys. See? This whole conversation just... I don't think And you just can't gonna... go back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be horrible. Other would... thoughts? No, I think... I think we've covered just about everything we had on the list. Joel, any other frame thoughts? Would it ever make sense to have one racket for when you're serving... 
in a second racket for when you're receiving. Uh, this, there's so much. There, Am the I not one? the first person who thought of this? No. No. Oh, yeah, forget it then. Oh, yeah. Forget it. Um, there's also my other a pet peeve of mine is people have a training racket and a yeah. playing racket. Practice. Oh. They'll go with like really small and heavy for like when they train and then they, they break out like the, the hundred mm. square inch one for when they play. So it feels easier. Got to do it. I mean, you can probably tell her. By a reaction, yeah, that's yeah. Re- Certain so return is, is way more. You need two rackets that are that. the same, and you need to play with both of them. That's the other thing. Like you need to play with both of them. Like Alternate you play, them, yes, not keep like one in the plastic bag or whatever. Mm. Yes, Good piece of and advice. um, and they both need to be the same. And I think you know why are we so collectively against the idea of different frames? Because you. <laughs> We've never talked about this before, but no. all of us were like, "Ugh." Yeah, no, and it, the reason being is that you are going to play with one, and there are differences between the rackets, so you don't want it to be like, I, I, "Oh, you play with an eight ounce racket, and then you play with a twelve ounce racket." Like, there's a there's no, a complete makes different. Sense. Yeah, yeah. There's and I think psychologically, you sometimes well. you're like, "Ooh, I can't, I can't play good with this racket when I'm doing such and such," and I can't, and it just I think creates this kind of mindset of like, like. If something goes wrong with one of those rackets and you're in middle match and you don't have another, you're like, my, my serving game just went downhill because my serving racket is just... So I think having two rackets that are the same are really important and you just get used to having that same feel. My other... Sorry, did you have something else? No, I was going to say a little bit to her. It's like, do you, do you switch your rackets like consistently when you play? So sorry. Yeah. Like if you have two rackets, one strong, fresh, mm-hmm. and you have a playing racket, do you play with that one until it's broken or do you no, switch it up? No, I switch and I tell all oh everyone. Oh my God, I never do now, that. Now, here's the difference. I never you either. switch. I always played with one until it switched. You until it broke. broke strings <clears throat> way more than I broke strings. That's the difference. If you're going to break strings within a week or two, then yeah, you, you don't need to. You can just play. But if you're not going to break strings for months upon end, that makes sense. then yeah. you need to be switching rackets right, once right, right, right. every other I week. I totally still disagree in the sense of this. It's like Imagine that. I would have one racket that I would play with all the time. Um, and generally, we're not talking about string. Generally, that racket, if I really enjoyed it, would feel good. And then if like it's, let's say the ball start flying because it gets looser. Now I have the racket that hasn't been strung to go through the go to. That's a little bit tighter. That, that was always my mistake. Yeah. I see and that. that. So but when I play tournaments, that mess with your brain. No, though? that like was you uh, missed the ball. Like, it was like a no, fresh it start. It was like, yeah, it literally. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like I would hit a couple balls yeah. and maybe be loose or something. I was like, God, this ball rack is really loose. And I would string my rackets that way. Where I was like, okay, this now is in the bag. I'm going to a fresher strung racket. And instantly it's like, because that racket's also a little bit tighter, which yeah. meant you didn't. I always felt that yeah, way. and I was like, oh, so it was always like a like a, almost emergency. Almost a yeah, yeah, it's like okay, I have a racket that's tighter to protect if I'm having a bad day uh, and I'm missing a little bit long. That was like a little like. I can understand. I mean, I understand your point, but I, I think do break that, a lot of strings. But right, yeah. I think my thing was is that I hit the ball very flat. I mean, I often would break the crosses before I would break the mains. Oh, that size bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like. For me, like it was really a mental thing for me to be like, okay, my rackets are the same. So there wasn't that like, if I did break yeah, a string, I, totally get that too. I wasn't like, oh crap, I got this freshly strung racket that I haven't hit with in three weeks that's just been sitting in my bag, you know? Hmm. And for me, I think it's like, personal preference. Yeah, yeah, that was a huge thing. Yeah. I've <laughs> you never. You have to be at a certain level for that to even matter, though. 
You can really tell a difference between a freshly strung racket and yeah. a racket that you've been playing with. Like, I, I think no matter At any what level, level really? you yeah. are. Yeah. yeah and that's what I enjoyed. It's like, if like I'm playing bad, I had one last little ditch backup of like something that could protect me against, if I'm missing balls, like consistent, I'm not saying like I'm playing bad and I'm hitting the fence, I'm missing wide. But if I'm normally rallying and like, hey, a ball's like two or three, uh, a foot out and it's consistent like a foot out. I'm like, God, oh, this racket. It was always like, oh, whew. I got one that's tighter in the bag to pull out. And it was kind of like a safeguard. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I'll I can see that. your way. My other thought on the uh, serving racket and uh, returning racket thing, Joel, is like my basically for me, it comes down to uh, concept or philosophy or mindset that tennis is hard enough without adding another variable <laughs> yeah. into the mix. And whether you're serving or returning, you're going to be hitting some forehand ground strokes. You're going to be hitting some backhand ground strokes. You're going to have to hit some volleys. You're going to be hitting them strokes. What's that? You got a little country twang in there. You're going to be hitting some strokes. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be hitting some forehands. Good job. Some backhands. Good job, some backhands. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like you had a straw hat and here. a little thing. You're going to be hitting some forehands here. You're going to be hitting some backhands. You're going to be hitting too long, Ian. It's the same racket, y'all. And so... You're you're essentially having to readjust your like your brain for which racket you're using because you've got different right. like the ball's coming off the strings in a different way even though you're using similar or the same strokes and the more variables there are like that like there's people that um uh oh, what was the other one I just, oh yeah people ask on YouTube all the time why don't I just learn a one-handed backhand and a two-handed backhand? Mm -hmm. Then I'll have like the, the range and the reach of the one-handed, and when it's in my strike zone, I can crush it with a two-handed. And it's like, it's so hard just to have any backhand <laughs> <laughs> be good. That why we get rid of our backhand and be yeah, like Megan? Who, exactly, just flat <laughs> forehands. All forehands all the time. All forehands. So for me, time. I just kind of have an underlying principle of just don't add variables. Like it, when you add variables, you just make the whole game mm -hmm. that much, and it's like a compounding effect of it's true. of like difficulty. Anything else, guys, on rackets? Uh, I think no. that's it. We actually went. I know. We, we covered it. I learned so much just because I think at a certain level, we just don't know what it all means. And I, I learned yeah. a lot. Thank you. There's a lot of cool. variables at play. Yeah. Joel, where can we learn more about you and, and what you're up to? <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Ian. Uh, <laughs> well, I just started a blog, and we were talking about this yeah. at lunch. Oh, awesome. uh, a blog called Almost Federer. And the <laughs> subtitle is mostly tennis, some midlife crisis. So it's about <laughs> nice. being in your 40s and raising kids and having a spouse, but still trying to uh, improve and not just being content with where you are, but um, trying to move forward despite all the other things going on in your life when you're in that sort of middle age period. And uh, I'd love for people to check it out. And I'll be talking a little bit about the book we're writing too, what it means to take lessons and concepts and put them into words and the challenges of making that happen and, um, and, how, and how we actually do. How much of a parallel do you see between your challenges on court and your challenges off court, heading into that like phase or period of your life? I must say that a lot of my philosophy toward tennis now is uh, can be put to use in real life, meaning you know focus on the one thing that will improve the situation and not on trying to fix uh, many things which is a, a big philosophy i've learned just from getting to know you and your and in your videos and, and everything you talk about uh there there are so many other concepts uh you know accepting defeat or accepting that you're not going to 
win every fight with your kids or any fight with your kids. Or, yes, uh, I will. <laughs> there really, you know, there really is, uh, the older I get, the more I see a parallel between um, what I can implement on court and how it can actually make my life better, which is why I think tennis is such a great sport for life um, because you can play it when you're, you know, it really as old as you want to be. There are guys in their 90s who play every morning at the courts I play at. And awesome. uh, you just don't see that in other sports. And uh, I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of content mm-hmm. behind it. So what is that? Uh, did you get that domain? Almost Federer? It's my domain. Almostfederer.com. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's crazy. Awesome so, yeah, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. Nice. So uh, almostfederer.com. Anywhere, uh, tell us about your, your other books also. So I wrote a memoir about my service in the Israeli army. It's called the 188th Crybaby Brigade, about being a uh, fish out of water, a 24-year-old American in uh, the Israeli military. So it's a comedic memoir. I also wrote a cookbook with an Israeli chef. I've actually really enjoyed collaborating with people and getting deep into their lives and their stories, and uh, it's part of what you and I are doing, Ian. And uh, that's uh, that book is called Balabusta, so it's Mediterranean Israeli recipes uh, that I collaborated on with her. And this will be my third. Awesome. Awesome. And Joel also is a touring comedian. Where yeah, yeah. I have a website, your... joelchaznoff.com, J-O-E-L-C-H-A-S-N-O-F-F.com. Or next, as I uh... say, Google Jewish comedian, and I'm on page 12,904. So, uh, <laughs> right there at the top. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I do make my living full-time as a, uh, as a stand-up comedian uh, oh, touring wow. around uh, the U.S. Where's your, ne- where's your next show? I'm going to Toronto tomorrow. Oh, oh wow. On tomorrow? Sunday night, yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, this is coming out next week. So where, where's, where's your show after that? <laughs> <laughs> that show, by the way, was great. Totally one. I forgot the retroactive nature of this. Uh, where uh, this would be then by the time this comes out. Um, I'm going out west to Northern California, Palo Alto area. Oh, wow. Awesome. Like November 4th is uh, November 3rd is Winnipeg and November 7th, Baltimore, November 10th, oh. Palo Alto. Awesome. Right, so awesome. almostfetter.com. Can you spell Chaznoff for us? Just so for the really folks want at me home. To? Okay. Uh, Joel <laughs> is the first name and then C H A S N O F F. Almost forgot the second one. <laughs> yeah, <I'm glad> you- <laughs> all right. So check out Joel's uh, website, check out his blog. Joel, thank you so much for all your help. No, thanks over so much for having me. Years. I really yeah. learned a lot. Well, I, yeah, I was kind of going back a little further, but it's nice to have you on the show too. <laughs> no. um, yeah, all, all your help over the last couple of years has been tremendous. I, I appreciate it. Uh, hugely and it was great to meet you today and have you on the show sure I'm sure people enjoyed the conversation very much so thanks for your contribution and Kevin Megan any any final words of wisdom hit forehands like Megan yes forehands. and you'll be fine second that there you go forehandslikemegan.com yeah, yeah that domain oh. is probably available <laughs> you know, I'm gonna get that one right after work I'm done here alright thanks for listening everybody remember you've got just until September 30th to submit your rating and review Get on, on top of that, iTunes. and Megan will, will hook you up Yeah, yeah. on uh, Apple Podcasts or on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>